Professional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 152. Welcome to the front porch. It is chilly and it is rainy today here in Southern California. I'm sitting out here on the front porch freezing my butt off. Uh, But I just got back from a really cool hike. There's this awesome hike just right up the road from me. And uh, basically you're hiking up into the mountains, but there's a waterfall up there. It's called the Etiwanda Falls. It's really, really pretty. Um, And because there's snow on the top of the mountain, the waterfall is like gushing. So hiked up there. I think I was the only one because it's raining out and I'm the only one up there and I'm like sitting on the edge of this waterfall and I just kind of like lay back and I'm just listening and kind of taking it over. And I realize that the waterfall is so loud that it's it's literally uh, drowning out any other noise. Like it's the only thing we can hear. And so finally get done, sit next to the waterfall, walk away from it. And just, it's this distant thunder um, that I hear. I, I, I think I told you this, but I, I've been uh, memorizing Psalms. So one of the Psalms, uh, Psalms 42 that I was memorizing, it talks about deep cries from deep. And, and at, at the sound of your waterfalls, all your breakers and all your waves crash over me. And so as I was sitting there, that psalm popped into my head and just thinking through what, what the psalmist was saying during, this, during that period of time. Uh, I don't think he was saying that was a really good thing. He's saying this is really hard. It's not, not easy. And then he just continues to remind himself of who God is, right? Because right after that, he goes, he talks about his steadfast love. He talks about how his uh, song, uh, his song, God's song is with him at night, a prayer to the God of his life. And so it's just this back and forth struggle. And I wonder for many of you, if like, that's just what it feels like. You feel like you have these moments of beauty in the moats and also in the midst of like tragedy, like, and it's so difficult and it's try to hard. It's so hard to kind of rationalize what's really going on. And for us as humans, we just constantly feel like we're in tension and we want to run away from the tension. We want to reject God because we're like, hey, if you're good, then that means bad stuff doesn't happen. He's like, I never promised that. There is a day uh, where that will be true. But right now, uh, what you have been promised is like what it says in the Gospel of John, like in this world, you're going to suffer because it's not yet it's not yet fully complete. Jesus came, died, rose again. The kingdom has come. His will be done. Uh, but we are anticipating the second coming of Christ when all, when there won't be any tears as we have gone through that passage uh, here in Revelation where we, we anticipate the day when uh, God returns. And so today, I don't know where you're at in that, but I don't know. It's getting out in nature once again just reminds me of these Psalms and reminds me of those tensions and allows me to just go, okay, God, like I need you, need your help, need your guidance. Um, uh, for those of you who continue to listen, thank you. And for those of you who kind of post and, and uh, share these with your friends, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. And then also for those of you who give on Patreon, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Front Porch Confessional. And uh, there's other ways that other people give. So thank you so much. Really, really appreciate those of you who have continued to partner with this podcast and uh, what we're doing. Really, really grateful for all that. Okay, our passage for today, uh, really excited about this particular passage, uh, 1 Timothy 1.15. was reading in a, a book this morning. This passage popped up and I thought, oof. I got to like work through this one. So I took some time just kind of work through it. And uh, so the passage says this, the saying is trustworthy 
and deserving of full acceptance. Love that, full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. Of who I am the foremost. I remember um, going through counseling when I first started. I was probably about nine months in when I really hit my aha moment. By the way, if you're starting counseling and want to get counseling, it takes a minute. So give it a minute. And so I, I, I'm still in counseling every week. Um, but about nine months in is when I had that first like big, wow, aha moment. And the reality was, is what I was learning about myself was that I had tended to use people and I didn't mean to, um, but I had tended to use people. I, to accomplish tasks, you know, like it's not that I don't love people or care about people, but I cared more about the tasks than I care about people. And so Patty and I are sitting on the front porch and I'm kind of working through that. And I just, I start to become overwhelmed with emotion because I realize I've hurt her. I've hurt our kids. I've hurt friends and just overwhelmed with emotion. I just start weeping. I mean, like uncontrollably, I, and I, I'm not much of a crier. I, I begin, you know, I, I cry a little bit more now than I ever have, but I'm, I'm not much of a crier, but I just, I couldn't hold it together. And I was just broken, just completely broken at the realization of my sin, at the realization that I've hurt people and that I really love and Patty included. And, you know, I was able to just say, please forgive me. And, um, you know, these words of Paul here, and Paul's writing these words and he's writing it to this church. And, and, and he, these words that he's saying here are so personal and they're so humble uh, when I, when I was reading, I, I was, uh, I, I, when I was reading this passage, I couldn't help, but, uh, I, I always do this and it's a, just a me thing and maybe you want to take it on, but sometimes I imagine I'm sitting across the table with Paul and he and I are having a conversation, you know, having a cup of coffee, uh, because that's what I drink. But, uh, Paul and I are sitting across from the, t- the table and, and he's telling me a story. Like he's unpacking how he, uh, killed Christians and how he he martyred them and how he abused them and and then how Jesus met him on the road to you know road to the the road to like he he he's he's like unpacking his story he talks about how he fell off this horse and how he was blinded and how you know he was taken away and then he went on this journey like he's telling me his whole story and I'm like wow that's unbelievable and he he starts to choke choke up a bit, right? Because he's starting to realize how much God loves him, how much God cares for him and how much his grace has covered him. Right. And as he's telling his story, I'm like realizing like, wow, that's my story. Like I get caught up into his narrative and all of a sudden I see my own narrative. You know, he talks about, you know, he's talking about how he is the foremost sinner. Like as he's unpacking this, right. And I can sense the humility in him. He's like, Hey man, I'm the foremost sinner. And we have this awesome conversation about how dreadful sin is and about how beautiful the mercy of God is. And I and imagine us both just kind of getting choked up. You know, we, we choke up, we get choked up because we realize that Jesus has met us and we feel it. And we are sharing this moment of beautiful brokenness. Like that, that's when I, when I go through this passage, that's, that's what I think. I'm having this conversation with Paul. I can see his passion, his emotion, and I feel it too, but it makes me think this, what's your story? Like if you and I are sitting across from each other, what's your story? Like how has Jesus just transformed your life? 
just absolutely transform your life. You know, I, uh, one of the great honors is I love walking alongside of people who have just recently accepted Christ into their life. And I love the way they talk about Jesus. You know, it's like every song, it's like every sermon, it's like every prayer. It's so personal, right? They're just like, oh my gosh, did you hear that sermon today? And I'm like, yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it was all right. But they're like, it was just like blew my socks off. It was unbelievable. It was like God was speaking right to me. And I, and, and I just sit there and I'm like, man, I, I, where's that for me? You know, and, and, and for me, and maybe you're like me, you know, it, it, it brings in this tension, you know, and that tension kind of provides me with a question, which is this. Maybe you have this question. Why is it so deeply personal for them that I don't necessarily feel that way anymore? You know, I complain. I find myself complaining because the music, what, it's too loud or the songs aren't the ones I like. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they keep playing the same song over and over. Like, find a new song, right? I complain about the pastor. Not He's not preaching. You know, he's not preaching the word. He's not giving us meat, right? Like, you know, people say that, you know, why is it? That I can't just simply enjoy the, the proclamation of God's word that is promised to not return void. No matter who's saying it or how it's said. When I try to pray, it's like regimented and irrelational. And yet I keep doing the same thing day in and day out. And maybe, maybe you have this sense of like, what is really going on here? What is really happening? How is it that this person who's just come to know Jesus is just like blown up and is so excited about Jesus? And yet for so many of us, our walk with Jesus has just become rudimentary, normal. And we don't feel what they feel. We don't see what they see. I don't think that's a good thing. (laughs) I think that's something the Spirit of God is calling us out. And I think it's something that the Spirit of God is calling us out calling us out in this particular passage that we're in. I think for so many of us, we've forgotten our first love. We have normalized our relationship with the Lord instead of falling deeper and deeper in love with him. You know, the love of God is mysterious. And this is what Paul is talking about. He's like, listen, it's trustworthy and true. And you need to fully accept that. Like it's trustworthy and true. You need to fully accept it. And, and what I love is that like in light of this like declaration, Paul sees his own sin, right? He sees his own sin and he sees the salvation and he wants to declare, like, do you see the mercy of God? Do you see how much he loves you? Do you see how much he cares for you? Can you not just segment it to a moment that you dedicated your life to Christ, but rather live in light of it every single day? This is an invitation into intimacy. This is what Paul is doing. He's inviting you and I into intimacy with the Most High God. Look what Jesus has done. This is an invitation to look at your own sin and depravity and experience the gospel of grace in your life. This is what Paul is trying to help us understand. And I don't know where you're at right now. I imagine for so many of you, you like struggle. 
You're just struggling deeply with this relationship with the Lord. It just feels normal. What happened? What happened? You know, if you've been married for any length of time, there's been this moment where you look at your spouse and you're like, what happened? Right? And it's not that you don't love each other. It's not that you're not committed. It's something's missing. Right? And this invitation that Paul has given to us is that the love of God is trustworthy and true. The grace of God, the mercy of God is trustworthy and true. Fully accept it. This is truth. Live in light of it. Embrace all of it. But for some of us, we've just like maybe being married to the same person. We've just taken advantage of it. We've just taken advantage of what it means. And I, I love that Paul here is like, I'm just not going to do that because I understand my sin and I understand his mercy and I understand his grace and I'm overwhelmed by it. And it's as, it's as beautiful and radical as it was when I first met him. And every morning I wake up in the morning and I'm a grateful because I sense it and I see it and I feel it. And what's helping Paul do this is understanding how far away, how dead and decrepit he really was in his sin and that Jesus saw him. And I want you to know this. Jesus sees you. Jesus loves you. He's trustworthy and true. And he's inviting you to fully accept him. Fully accept the gift he has for you. Fully accept him. Because we will only see Jesus if we can see ourselves through the cross. Our sin put Jesus there. And Jesus, because he was honoring the Father and obeying the Father, willfully died on the cross for you and I and rose again. And if we don't understand how beautiful and how costly that sacrifice is and how deathly our sin actually is, we won't ever really truly see Jesus, which means we won't ever truly experience the intimacy that Paul is inviting us into. So the question is this, can you see yourself as the worst to see Jesus as the best. Have you ever thought through that? Can you ever see him on the cross and go, my sin put him there? Heavenly Father, we, we need you. We need to see you. We need more of you. We want to deeply fall deeper, deeper in love with you. And we can't do that unless we deal with us, our sin, our depravity that keeps this boundary, this distance between us. And yet, your son Jesus died, rose again, resurrected so that we could have resurrection power inside of us. It flows in our bones if we profess you as Lord and Savior. So help us to live in light of that reality. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heart believes.